welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever and wherever you're listening to this, this is From Checkered to Green, the podcast all about racing as told by three lifelong racing fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing the green it takes to take the green. Welcome everyone to episode 24. I am Ryan Kolpak and along with me are my colleagues Elliot Tardiff and David Maudie. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening, Ryan. Well, hope you all are doing well. It's been, uh, you know, pretty standard summer here in Western New York, specifically just <laughs> outside of Buffalo. We pretty much have what you expect, you know, nice, hot muggy summer days and followed up by the ever-present summer thunderstorms but uh you know nothing crazy or unexpected how's it been for the rest of you well Well, go ahead david well out here in in central new york it's been the same thing you know summer days thunderstorms muggy rain grasses growing you know growing at a rapid clip here Feels like every week I have to cut it, um, but yeah, it's going well. Getting through, you know, summer. Looking forward to, you know, the the turn going to August, and um, we kind of know, you know, with the you know Olympics, you know, we know racing season's gonna soon be winding down in the next few months, so. Looking forward to some exciting championships. Indeed. Um, first, uh, by the way, uh, Ryan, might I say that uh, your intro was absolutely splendid. Uh, thank you. Um, so it's uh, gotten quite hot down here in Central North Carolina here in, in recent days. Today in particular, um, we had uh, heat indices over 100 degrees Um across much of the area. Um, some areas down by Fayetteville, I think we're getting closer to 110 even. So um, yeah, so Yikes. not so not so fun, but um, that's to be expected um, in, uh, in this part of the world this time of year. And the fact that it really hasn't happened at this point has been more notable than, um, than when it actually does. So but um, my voice will be a little bit quiet tonight as um, working off something that uh, my son gave to me uh, this week, which was uh, a case of RSV. Uh, for those that uh, don't have kids um, uh, and or aren't familiar with it, RSV is, uh, think of something, a, a mix of like a flu and like an upper respiratory thing uh, with a few more push-ups behind it. Um, Eric Almarola, the winner at New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago um, in NASCAR, uh, I think I heard that um, some time ago one of his kids had RSV and it was actually bad enough that they had to go to the hospital for it, um, which now has um, led to, I guess, some, I think some charitable work or something that he's doing with them. Um, but um, I say that to say that it can, you know, it can really. Um, you know, affect some kids in a really bad way. So fortunately, 
we're not in uh, in that situation, but it's still been a unpleasant week with, um, you know, a young child, you know, about 11 months um, that doesn't want to sleep because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's airway is, is full of caca and uh, is uh, not in a very, uh, not in a very pleasant mood. So we're getting out of that phase now, thankfully. And um, now we're just focusing on my wife and I getting healthy now. So in, in this time, you know, with, uh, with COVID and um, with the, this Delta variant on the, on the upswing, it's, uh, it adds a little extra degree of anxiety because, you know, when, when you start seeing symptoms like that, um, then, you know, you get concerned pretty quick. And so, you know, thankfully it wasn't that, but, you know, that it was this and, this is the second time for us. The first time was over Christmas. Yay. Then, uh, you know, it's, it's still not fun on, on its own, but anyway, I digress. Um, so, uh, my words be a little more sparing, I think tonight, but otherwise, uh, happy to be here and, uh, hopefully it'll be cooling down here a little bit, be getting healthy again here in, uh, in my house. Yep. And, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, stuff's going around and all that but um you know we 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 all took off last week um we, we didn't record because there was no racing because of the olympics guys really quick before we get into um you know our, our rundown of the show tonight and do something different have you guys watched any of the olympics i have as have i yeah I have two. The swimming's been pretty good, but, um, you know, I, I heard somebody talk and I saw online, I, I saw somebody suggest it, and someone said that they should have auto racing as part of the Olympics. I've thought that for a long time also, and I think um, given some of, the, some of the successes of uh, some of these more unique international series. And I'm thinking in particular about Formula E and SRX. Mm -hmm. I think between the two of them, there can be something pulled out of, um, out of either of them or both of them that could germinate into something that could eventually make its way into the, into the Olympics. I think if you have BMX racing, you have surfing, you have skateboarding, I think auto racing in some form or fashion is the next logical step for the Olympics. And here's hoping. That's what I'm hoping for as well. It would be neat. Yep. Aren't they going to Brisbane and I think was a 2032 or something like that? How cool would it be to have a race out of Bathurst for the Olympics? That would be pretty neat. It, well, you know, they're, you, you know, they're coming to Los Angeles too. That is also true. I mean, come on. You got some good race courses down, you know, out in California. Yeah, you got Irwindale right there. Yeah. You've got uh, Fontana. You know, they're working on turning that uh, into a short track. Uh, that would does, be fun. Doesn't Irwindale have a figure eight? It does. I, I'd say figure eight racing for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nuts. That'd be pretty cool. Very nuts indeed. And put yeah. Kyle. Kyle Bush out there representing USA. I like it. 
I like it. So, gentlemen, with that said, let's roll into it. We got a little different format tonight. No, in our checkered segment, not many, not much racing to cover. So we decide tonight that we're going to expand more on the NASCAR free agency. And because there was news that came out right before um, the Olympics started, and that was Penske and Brad Kozlowski. So, Elliot, would you want to start with talking about some NASCAR free agency? Yes, sir. So, um, one of the worst kept secrets in the garage in recent weeks uh, finally came to um, an official announcement in recent weeks, um, or since our, our last recording. And that was the news that Brad Keselowski was going to be leaving Team Penske, uh, where he's been driving since, I believe, 2010, um, when he made his first break into Cup. Um, and moving away from them and moving into a driver ownership role at Roush Fenway Racing. He will be taking over the six car. Um, Ryan Newman will be leaving that ride at the end of the year to destinations yet unknown. Um, and will be involved on the, on the competition side. Um, it was announced when, um, or it was, it was disclosed when they made this announcement that Keselowski is a minority owner right now, but has the option to, um, increase his share of ownership of the company, purchase additional um, ownership of the company going forward. So it clearly sounds like there's a secession plan in place for, in particular for Jack Roush. Um, the folks at the, uh, I believe it's the Fenway Sports Group, I think that's their name. Mm -hmm. um, they sound like they're, um, uh, they're here for, for the long haul and they're interested in remaining a part of this team for a long time to come. So now it's a matter of making sure the other side of it is shored up. And with Keselowski coming on board, um, that's, that's been taken care of at this point. Um, so, um, so that was some big news. Um, and, you know, Keselowski has said that he wants to uh, bring in some some people and uh, you know bring in some some different things. Not on not um, uh, in in some ways akin to what Tony Stewart did when he came into Haas CNC Racing in two thousand eight, and uh, that team rebranding itself as Stewart Haas Racing in two thousand nine. Um, and greatly elevating their performance um, from that point onward. In this case, obviously, you have a team that has won races um, and has competed for championships consistently um, across all of the different touring series over the years. Um, so the pedigree is there. Now they just need the next step. They need the future. And they have that now. So that was the, the, the big news from that. Um, Keselowski did say that having the conversation with Roger Penske that he was going to be leaving, it was not an easy conversation, but 
you know, such as life and such as business when, um, you know, you need to make the, the next move and what your idea is um, and, you know, and what Keselowski's idea of the future for him is in particular uh, just didn't sound like something that Penske could, could match or, you know, could uh, come to terms, uh, you know, favorable terms with. So, and additionally, it was also worth noting that um, there was some questions raised about whether or not Keselowski would resurrect his truck team. Uh, he had a, a, um, a truck series team uh, that was very successful for a time, but a few years ago he closed it down. Um, and in that former shop space uh, came uh, Keselowski Manufacturing, KAM. I forget what the A stands for offhand, but um, he does a lot of um, 3D printing uh, and uh, is doing very well in that space. So, um, so he's he's been busy with that, but I think um, he indicated that he might be interested in getting back into team ownership in the truck series if the right partnerships came together. So we'll see what happens there. But that's the the big news there. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely big on that. I mean, with with Brad Keselowski, I'm moving over to, I mean, next year, moving over to Roush, having, I mean, having ownership and, you know, having ownership even when he's done. I mean, essentially, this is where Keselowski will end his racing career is at Roush, driving the number six. Um, I mean, I, I think that that was big. I mean, we, we knew that Cindric and Harrison Byrne were, were coming up. We knew Cindric was taking over. I know that, you know, I, it just, you know, I've, I had heard things that Kozlowski wanted to try to get ownership in Penske, which you kind of do have to think um, with, with Roger Penske that, with him owning the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar and the um, Indy Racing Network or the Indian or IMS Radio Network, it's you know there's a lot there. So I could see where you know Brad could have you know if it was right, maybe he would have taken an ownership in there. But it, it did come up in in Roush, so. It'll be interesting to see how he does, how I mean, next year with the next-gen car, how, how he's going to do with it, if he can win, um, if he can rack up a couple extra championships. I think the big thing is going to be what what Ryan Newman is going to do because Bob Pachris, um I think it was last week, tweeted out that there was also supposedly um, – that Ryan Priest may be just part time or may be done um, in in Cup Series. So, you know, th there's going to be openings in there. Um, we know that, um, according to Speedway Media, and Angela Campbell just came out with a, their silly season update. Um, you know, some of the things coming up, we know college racing's going to run. Um, we know it's one car for sure. It may be two or, and a third one would be part-time with AJ Allmendinger. So there may be an opening there for Ryan Newman. 
Um, we, we, you know, there's talk of there, there's more and more talk, um, that Kurt Bush says that he's actually considering track house or 23 XI racing. So, um, if they go, if Kurt Bush goes to 23 XI, there's no opening there. And that would mean Russ Chastain would more than likely take the second car at track house. So that means, you know, there's no opening there. So I'm, you know, Hendricks got all four drivers signed. Um, we, we don't know where D Dow's going. Um, let's see. Gregson's going to actually stay with the, um, you know, his goal is to stay in Xfinity. We know Haley's coming up, but I think the big thing would be for Newman is um, GMS is actually um, going to make their Cup Series debut. Um, and if they do, they're looking, they're probably going to be looking for a driver. And I think you know, if GMS is coming in, I would say that may be a good spot for Ryan Newman. I mean, granted, you know, it's not the best team out there, but you want, you may want a driver like Newman who, who can get you results, you know, who, who can be consistent, who, who can always try to, you know, put it up there in the, you know, at least the top 20 day, you know, week in, week out, um, you know, maybe get you in the top 30 points that, you know, if he gets you away and he may put you into, you know, a good position. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. I wonder where Newman's going to end up. Uh, Ryan, your, your thoughts on the whole off season or the silly season so far? Well, starting off, you know, as you mentioned, Ryan Newman, I've been hearing some speculation that's been gaining traction over the course of this week that uh, potential of Ryan Newman retiring. Now, I don't know where that came from. Honestly, I've yet to find any source to where that originated, but the fact that it's gaining some traction makes me wonder, it's like, okay, there's got to be some reason for some momentum behind that. And... As far as uh, Kozlowski goes, I, I see this opening up some new doors for him with his transition into a driver ownership position. Like, not only do I think he's going to do very well riding for his new team, but with the ownership role, I think it's going to give him some options for a bit more creative control behind things, as well as, you know, maybe some clout behind, you know, negotiation for sponsors or potentially, you know, maybe generating some revenue within the team. But given his years of experience in NASCAR, I think it's going to do very well for him in a leadership position. And I say good luck to him. So what, I mean, guys, what, I mean, really quick, what do you put the over-under on wins next year for Keselowski in a Roush car? Knowing how Roush has been over the past few years, we have a new neck, you know, we're going to have a new car. So technically, you know, 
clean slate, you know, it's what what you put the over under for him on wins. I think I'm going to go with one. I think I'm going to go with one win. I think they've got some speed now. And the last time we were in this position was Tony Stewart and Stewart Haas racing. And mm-hmm. nobody thought that that would turn into what it did. Um, and nor did anybody expect them really to do well out of the box. And they did fairly well to, to start with. So um, I think that um, the addition of Keselowski um, and the rejuvenation that I think he's going to bring to that team and the fresh ideas, the fresh perspective um, and the fresh direction will all benefit themselves. And I think they'll get, um, they'll get a win out of um, Keselowski's maiden year with that team. Well, I, I, I have to, I, I have to agree with a win, but I, I kind of differ. I, I, I have to disagree on one point with you, Elliot. And that's the whole, um, you know, with, you know, the ownership and that and Keselowski going in, I, I don't think we can compare him to what Tony Stewart did because at the time when Tony took, when Tony went into that ownership role with Stuart Haas, um, he was owning multiple race teams that were very quite successful. And at the time, I, I think at the time he also owned Eldora. He still does. So I, I, I think the one benefit that, that made Stuart really good in that year from a team aspect is he knew how to be very successful at multiple levels of auto racing whether it was the world of outlaws. I mean, remember on that time he had Steve Kinzer, he had signed the, the greatest sprint car driver in the world. Um, Steve Kinzer or the winningest driver him and Donnie shots. I mean, that was a one, two, you know, punch of a team, you know? So I, I think the thing with, with Stewart is he has that experience. What does concern me a little with, with Brad Kozlowski is he he did have a successful truck team, but that had folded so many years ago. Um, he's been out of it for a while. So hopefully he, you know, you know, having a, a 3D printing business is probably going to be helpful in managing that, but with him not managing something in racing does make me wonder eventually, you know, how successful that's going to be. But I put it, I, I have to agree. I put it as a, you know, a one for a, a, a one win, maybe two. Ryan. I have to agree with the both of you. I see one win on his run with the new team, but See, I have to lean more towards Elliot's side on this because over the course of his career, I feel that he's shown that he runs very well, not only as a driver, but as a teammate as well. And I think not only, you know, running as another driver, but as a partial owner as well, I see that plus his veteran presence elevating 
the rest of the team. And I wouldn't be overly surprised to see stronger performance out of the team as a whole with his addition. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see what what happens. Mm-hmm. But we, we all got a new slate next year with the next-gen car. I mean, he could, you know... You know, who knows? Stuart Haas could come out and and smoke everyone again like they've they've done in years past. An um, excellent point, sir. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you know, and then it's you know, what happens if that happens, you know what does it you know, and, and Roush ends up being, you know, middle of the pack like they've been. But, That's a good question, but at the same time I think that if if Stuart Haas makes a, a big run next year, then I think you're going to see a lot of the other Ford teams come with them mm-hmm. because I feel like there's, um, as time has gone on, manufacturer um, communication amongst all of their respective teams um, has really increased. And so I think that if a particular team has hit on something or if um, the manufacturers hit on something um, then you know arise you know the, the phrase the rising tide lifts all boats right so yeah. I think Roush Fenway and with Keselowski on board will I think partake in any sort of resurgence um, from any of the notable Ford teams be it Stuart Haas or Penske um, and will benefit from that um and it'll be interesting to see how that does because they haven't really been you know as as dominant this year so is it possible that maybe they're kind of focusing some more energy on what the new generation car is and kind of getting working to get their their ducks in a row sooner than other manufacturers are potentially and so maybe we see that next year or maybe they're working on um whatever the the redesign is and making their uh you know their their uh you know the ford version of that uh you know trying to get that ahead of of everyone else i think that's what i'm trying to get at (laughs) yeah I, I think Kelly Crandall um, on the morning drive this morning um, on Sirius XM NASCAR radio kind of echoed that same thought with Harvick. So, um, but with that said, we'll keep an eye on how the silly season plays out. I'm sure within the next few weeks, we're going to hear more. I know about four weeks from now, we'll probably be getting the schedule from what Bob Pacris is, is saying. So I, I know we'll be talking about that. So many, much more come on this, but we've got to actually get the car back to the garage, get it tuned up, go over it. And we're going to take a break. Ryan's going to let us know on where you can listen to this podcast. This is From Checker to Green. The From Checker to Green podcast will be right back. You enjoy what you hear? Join the conversation. 
find us on our respective social media locations. Just look for From Checker to Green Podcast. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Tell us. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. We use your feedback to help drive our show and generate new and exciting content. And if you're enjoying this episode, find the rest of our episodes. You can see us on podcasts.com as well as Apple Podcasts. Just look for From Checker to Green Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon. And now back to the From Checker to Green Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Our next segment focuses on free agency in another major racing series, IndyCar. And a lot has been going on here in recent weeks. And David has all the information on that. And we're going to talk about that here now. So David, why don't you lead off and uh, tell us what's going on in Open Wheel. Yeah, a lot, a lot of news coming out of IndyCar o- over the past few weeks. And, and it actually really started a, a few weeks ago when the news broke that Helio Castroneves is coming back full time to the IndyCar series next year. That win at Indy, winning his fourth Indy 500, definitely opened up a lot of doors, especially with Meyer Shank Racing, and and they locked up a deal for him for next year to be full time. So he's aiming for uh, the first five time Indy win, uh, winner another championship so that is that is actually really interesting that that broke but with that said it kind of started the ball rolling on speculation and marshall pruitt this on racer.com put an article out this week about um about the indycar season and everything and the silly season and I quote this, he says, sweet baby Jesus, the IndyCar silly season has gone well since our first update. And so what is what's coming up is in this article, he has started to go through the teams. And the first big news that came out was that Roman Grosjean is the biggest name on the market, according to Pruitt. And what he has heard is that um, a lot of the insiders that he's talked to says that he is going to, that he is the lock for the number 28 car, which is Ryan Hunter Ray's car um, entry this year at Andre Autosport. Um, He says he's heard it over 12 times so it, it definitely sounds like that that's something going on there um we, we know Grosjean has had a a test an oval test um Elliot I think you said you thought it was gateway that yeah, he tested yeah I thought it was uh what is it WWT gateway yeah yeah so I mean if he's testing an oval track that would make very good sense that Andre's looking at him, but um, if this, it, but what Pruitt has also said is he's heard it's going beyond that. That it's going beyond Andre's pursuit is that 
there is that it there may be a steep asking price, and that would mean that Grosjean could be joining Honda Acura HPD as a factory affiliated driver, just like Dixon, Herda, and Rossi are. So if that's the case, that would be really, really huge. If he's a factory driver, um, he's going to run Andre. He's also going to have a shot at, at IMSA in the road, in the DPIs. Um, but with that said, um, they've um, the speculation has started to come. Well, what does that mean for Ryan Hunter Ray? Well, Ryan Hunter Ray, um, who, who's been in the, the 28 for the longest time, won an Indy 500 in that car, won it, won it for Andre with IMSA prototypes um, opening up. Pruitt says there could be something that he could be, um, you know, a combination of two full in the one, maybe part in the other. Um, that could be full in IMSA, part-time in IndyCar or vice versa. We don't know, but that's not the only thing that's opening up Andre, according to Pruitt. Um, James Hinchcliffe is probably on his way out too. He's hearing that, that Andre's looking to go for Devlin Francesco, who's the IndyCar lights driver for them. Um, There's been talk about that. Maybe Kyle Kirkwood, but Penske's actually interested in Kirkwood, um, which I'll get to a little bit. That may be that Pruitt mentioned something about maybe Pagano, maybe out of Penske. But we know Herta and Rossi are going to at least be with Andre. 28, 29 are going to be open up. We know, and it, it could very well be Grosjean. Um, that's the, that was the first thing that came up. Next team, AJ Foyt. And I apologize if I'm going to be rambling, but Pruitt went into everything. Looks like they're going to keep four days. Um, but no, no confirmation yet. We know how AJ, AJ Foyt works. Um, he, you know, he likes to keep things a lot. He, he likes to keep things secret. Um, and I, you know, you could put Robin Miller on him and Miller probably would maybe get a hint, but we don't know. Um, Arrow McLaren. Um, looks like they'll keep Ward, um, Ward and, and Rosenquist. They may go into a third car, but they're not sure. Uh, Carlin probably will be will have Chilton in for Road and Streets, and then plus the Indy, and then more other drivers. Ganassi's going to go to four cars. Um, you know, he's going to have a four-car squad. Um, it looks like they need to work a deal without with Erickson after 2021. But so he could be gone. But you know, they they could be. You know, he, um, Pruitt couldn't give a hint on any inquiries from other teams. But 
they may be working to that. We know Dale Coyne, if Grosjean's leaving, there's going to be an opening that um, they're say he's thinking Hinchcliffe. If Hinchcliffe's out, Hinchcliffe would be the good fit for that. Um, ECR, probably two teams with VK. If they go to three, um, who knows who they're going to sign. Um, could be Connor Daly if they can get the money. Uh, Meyer Shank, we know, will have Castro Nevis. Um, I've heard Jack Harvey could be going to Andre, but the news has come out that they're, they're hearing that uh, Takumo Sato may be um, winding down full-time participation, so the number 30 might open up for Harvey at RLL, Ray Hall, Lerman, Lang, and um, if that's the case, then we'll see what happens. We got Ferrucci still probably at the 45. We don't know who will be in the 60 next year. Um, it could be something that Kirkwood could go or Ryan Hunter Ray, according to Pruitt, that may be where Hunter Ray might end up. And then, and then, Gannett, and then finally Penske, the only big concern is Paginaw. And we don't know where he could be ending up. Uh, his contract's up. We'll see what happens if we go into him. So this could be a Castroneves type situation there. So a lot of things have, are, are going on, according to Pruitt. Um, I feel like the micro machine guy talking really fast about that. Did you guys catch all that? <laughs> yeah, most of it. So quick thoughts what i mean let, let, let's start it grosjean let's hit the big ones grosjean pagina and hunter ray and and hinchcliffe where do you think you, those guys are gonna all end up well i think it's first impressive to note um you know just how big of an impression that romain grosjean has made in indycar racing in his first year here and um, you know, essentially, um, you know, coming over as, as um, you know, discarded goods from Formula One. And not only doing that, but also making um, a Rick Ware affiliated team um, competitive and actually have positive press on that basis. Um, I think, you know, if anyone had, had pegged that, going into the start of this year, I think we would have, you know, called them crazy. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. I think it's really impressive that um, that's been able to, to come to be. We've seen him, you know, show some speed at times this year um, or show speed most of the year um, and has recently started to translate that into good finishes too. So that's, that's good news for him. It would be really cool if he, um, moved into as you were you were talking about David you know is uh, you know he moved in to the Andretti team and you know turn turn this into something you know on a on a more consistent basis um, you know a more full-time basis and you know makes a run at the championship and um, also you know turns this into an IMSA thing with Acura um, 
that'd be pretty cool, you know, returning back to, um, to his home country of France um, and Le Mans with um, an IMSA team, you know, the DPI team, that would be pretty neat. So that, that would be um, an interesting thing to see. It sounds like they're not really giving um, Dale Coyne racing a whole lot of credence in terms of being able to keep Grosjean around. Um, and if that comes to be, then so be it. But I think a, a really special thing has happened here for both entities, for Grosjean and also for Dale Coyne with Rickware Racing. Um, and um, good things will, will come to both of those, uh, to both parties in particular. And I'm thinking about, uh, you know, Dale Coyne uh, in particular, if they're really smart about it, being able to take these cars that have good speed and be able to put um, solid drivers in. And, you know, as, as Pruitt pointed out in this article, um, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, winning talent that is, you know, up for, up for grabs really. So unless they take a chance on somebody, either on an up and comer or on somebody um, that has moved on from another team, like a, you know, we've, we were talking about Takuma Sato before. Um, I don't think that he's he's seen his last day in IndyCar. I would be extraordinarily surprised if that were the case. Um, you know, he's he's a, a, a really streaky driver in that, you know, he'll have some really, really strong runs. Um, and, you know, his uh, his record at Indy is, you know, speaks to itself. Um, but at other times, you know, he's gotten himself in trouble and, you know, has taken himself out of races that, um, you know, he could otherwise have done really well in. So, but with that said, I think somebody like that going to a Dale Coyne um, could potentially be very beneficial. Now, in terms of Hunter Ray, same thing. Um, I think there's teams out there that if he moves on from Andretti, he could make a home with and uh, be able to continue in IndyCar for, uh, for another year. Um, now, would, you know, would that be with, um, you know, Coin? Would that be with an AJ Foyt? Or would that even be with a, a Team Penske if, um, if Pagano leaves? So, um, so that's another thought too. But I don't think um, Hunter Ray is all done. Um, and then Pagano, you know, he's, he's got a fairly good thing going at, um, at Penske. Yeah, there's a lot of young talent there. Um, you know, Joseph Newgarden is doing some impressive things over there. Um, you know, Will Power is still um, still putting strong runs together. So, um, so there's there's good things to be had there too. Question is whether or not he'll want to leave. So, those are my thoughts for those three. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, after the research that I've done, I personally think that Andretti is the most favorable position for Grosjean to end up. And I think that they have it within their capabilities to make them the most attractive offer of the teams at the moment. But if they hold true, even though he's rumored to have a fairly steep asking price, which I'm have pretty sure that Andretti can cover it, I, I wouldn't be overly shocked to see him land there. I think he would do very well under that team. As for Hunter Ray, honestly, the field's really wide open for him. And with his performance record, there's teams out there that I think would be a touch on the foolish side if they didn't go, hey, 
join our team. We will offer you this monies because you're a quality driver and we'd like you be, to be on our team. So I'm not entirely ready to speculate which one would be most likely to snag him, but I have no doubt that the interest would definitely be there to keep him in IndyCar for another year. And it might be a more the uh, unfavorable opinion side, but uh, as far as our last favorite driver that we want to talk about, I don't see him leaving uh, his current team. I really don't, because I think that they would absolutely want to keep him right where he is, because he's doing very good things for them. And honestly, I think Pagano is very happy where he is, so I wouldn't be overly surprised to see him stick around. But, of course, that is one fellow's humble opinion. So this is what I, I get the sense out of. I, I think Grosjean is going to Indre no matter what. And I, I think that's the end of, of Hunter Ray at Andretti. Um, but, or actually, I don't think it's the end of Hunter Ray at Andre. Let me rephrase that. I think Andretti, it, it would be foolish for Andretti to get rid of Hunter Ray. I think, you know, Hunt, I, I, I know Hunter Ray hasn't had the best season. He, he's been, you know, getting caught in probably the worst situations out there. Um, you know, a couple of the road courses this year, he's just, you know, it, it's just been, you know, accident happened. He's, he gets caught in it. Um, I think with, um, I think what you could see happen is I think you see Andretti move Hunter Ray to um, move Hunter Ray towards that 29. I, I, I just don't, I, it doesn't work out well for Andretti to bring up um, Indy Lights drivers. I, I don't know what it is, but every successful Indy Lights driver he has has gone to be successful in, in with another team. Um, Renis VK was with Andretti and ended up going to ECR. I just don't, I, you know, for example, I just don't know, it, it, you know, th there's always that talk about, and it never comes to fruition. So I just, I don't think that. I think it's Grosjean, Harare goes to the 29. I think Paginot, I'm going to go out on the limb. I think Paginot is done with Penske. Um, I at the the treatment that Helio Castro Nevis got, I think when when that happened with Penske, I think resonated throughout the entire IndyCar. A lot of drivers were upset and mad about how that came about and how that was treated. So I don't, I, you know, I see Pagano if he gets offered what Castroneves did, I see Pagenaud walking. I can see Pagenaud ending up maybe as Castroneves' teammate. 
I think that would be really great for Meyershank Racing. You have you would have um, two Indy 500 winners who've got really good talent um, help that team. I think Jack Harvey ends up somewhere else. I'm not sure where. That may be an ECR ride. I don't know. Um, and Hinchcliffe. I think if he gets booted out from another team, um, we know James Hinchcliffe is good in the booth. And with the NBC deal that, that they just signed, IndyCar, I think James Hinchcliffe goes into the, the TV booth. And that's my thoughts on it. Be interesting to hear him calling the races, though I have no doubt he'd be quite good at it. Uh, I, I think he'd be better than... Um, I, you know, I, I don't mind Paul Tracy, but the way Townsend Bell has his commitments, I think it would be better to have Hinchcliffe than Bell. No argument here. Because Bell, Bell does his racing. Plus, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see two Canadians um, go at it on air on, <clears throat> against Lee Diffie. Uh, that, would, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Hinchcliffe has the the speed. He has the panache vocally, I think, to be able to um, to manage an IndyCar race. He did a terrific job with SRX. I yeah. think he would. Uh, yes, oh, he, he did. He, yes, he, he was, did. He was better than Danica. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, and I think he would be in his element in uh, uh, in IndyCar booth, um, calling the the IndyCar race. I think it would be a that would be a terrific thing. Um, now, whether or not his driving career is all done, eh, we shall see. But... Quite good, sir. Yeah. So, with that said, we've actually got some racing coming up. Yay! Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So, we're going to take a break. We're going to, Ryan's going to tell us uh, about our sponsor. And when we come back, Dun, 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 dun. The Formula One rivalry continues. Mm-hmm. Excellent. This is From Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you looking to enhance the identity of your business? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the knowledge and resources to make your business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. From logo design to business cards to new letterheads, as well as advertising options such as postcards, flyers, brochures, banners, Samurai Graphics has what you need to get your name out to your potential customers. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at Samurai Graphics. 716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Looking ahead, this is the green flag segment of our podcast. And this, this weekend, um, there's only one major series that, um, that's running that 
Um, but we need all the time that we can for it because um, there, this was, uh, uh, and the, the one we're speaking of, this Formula One, uh, the, hung, the Hungarian Grand Prix is this coming weekend. Um, and already uh, the headlines are coming out fast and furious about uh, the rivalry between Red Bull and Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. Um, there's a, uh, an article out here um, written yesterday uh, by Chris Medlin at racer.com um, talking about uh, Mercedes accusing Red Bull of trying to uh, tarnish Lewis Ham Hamilton's name and integrity um, by uh, uh, trying to get a further review of the penalty that he got from the British Grand Prix. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff going fast, going back and forth fast and furious. And in the meantime, um, they're running practices as we speak. Um, and um, uh, so we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, folks, get your popcorn out because um, what we talked about in um, the, I believe it was the last episode, and as, as, uh, as next level as we thought this rivalry was going to be, there's already early indications that um, it's, that's already taking form. Most, most certainly, indeed. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I, all, all I can think of is if, you, if you've seen the movie Rush um, and, or actually seen any documentary about the 1976 season and um, McLaren and Ferrari, Hunt and Lauda, I mean, this is just history repeating itself with two different, you know, different drivers, different teams, and the all-out juggernaut. But let's talk about the racetrack first before we get into more of what's going on. And going to give you a preview of this. According to the F Formula One site, they're at the Hungar Roaring. Did I say that right, gentlemen? I think you did. Because I'm not familiar enough with the language to really correct you. So if I'm incorrectly agreeing with him, please don't light me up on social media. Yeah, same here. I, I, I just won't pronounce the name of the race. Forget that. <laughs> but they're in Budapest, a track built in 1985. Little history here. First race was 1986. Nelson Piquet won it. Um, what the circuit's like, according to Formula One's website, and I quote, the lack of straights at the hungering ring often sees it compared to a karting circuit, and it's true. The resemblance of, is uncanny, with several series of corners to string together Teams opt for Monaco levels of downforce with a well short or well sorted chassis trending to be rewarded over horsepower, given the short straights on offer. It's like a challenge, many drivers relish. However, with the finding a good rhythm, key is the key setting fast times. And I watched the virtual lap. It's a, very, it's a very quick short straightaway. Um, you get DRS there, a quick sharp turn, DRS into one and two, 
there's some fast corners. There's a lot of fast corners in this. There's going to be a lot of speed, couple chicanes um, coming around six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. A very windy corner, you know, a tight turn going into twelve, around in thirteen, and coming back. So looking at this gentleman, it does look like a go-karting track to me. Um, I, I have to agree with that. One DRS zone, I think it's going to be very interesting this weekend. Uh, gentlemen, a, a, a Elliot, I know you mentioned about some time, so let's dive into it a little bit more and let's talk about this rivalry and some of the times going on. Uh, well, it's first uh, noteworthy to talk about this being, uh, you know, having the characteristics of kind of a karting track um, and, you know, especially a lot of the, um, the windy technical parts of this track, especially from turn four through turn 11. Um, you know, when, when we hear technical, we hear windy, don't really hear a lot of passing, um, we hear a lot of passing opportunities. Those are going to be very few and far between. Um, and so qualifying position is going to be absolutely critical in this race. Um, and in order to have a good um, qualifying position for this race, you need to be able to have a, um, uh, you need to have a good car in hand. And uh, thus far, it looks like um, Mercedes riding the momentum coming out of the British Grand Prix um, they're bringing the noise, um, and in particular, uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Lewis Hamilton's teammate, um, topping the second free practice um, at uh, uh, at Hungary, uh, just over uh, his uh, his teammate Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, um, being in third place, about three tenths off the pace. Um, they noted, according to uh, um, the summary on uh, racer.com by Michael Laminato uh, that uh, track temperature has been a, an issue today. Uh, it's very hot over there. Uh, track temperature is very high uh, and that's caused a lot of uh, issues with uh, car handling, um, either going from uh, understeer or oversteer, um, you know, uh, depending on which team you're talking to. So it's uh, caused quite a few issues. And so it'll be interesting to see how all that translates into qualifying. But thus far, we talked about this uh, coming out of, uh, coming into and out of Silverstone. Um, everything's back to zero now. And it looks like Mercedes is still holding on to the momentum that they built out of Silverstone. And um, thus far, um, you know, it looks like they're, they're showing they're still the team to beat. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, the one thing they're going to have to definitely keep an eye on is the weather over the weekend because from what I've been reading is that their heat that they're experiencing in practice is not going to let up through the weekend. And as Bonus so eloquently put it, honestly, it feels like being in a Finnish sauna driving this track. And that right there really is all the tale that need be told when it comes to, hmm, I wonder how driving is going to be there this weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. And if they're not careful, there's going to be a lot of track sliding. 
Yeah, they, they got to be careful, especially some of those corners where you got to use the, the curb to get around. I mean, a couple of those turns, hey, I was watching the virtual lap, and you got you, you use the curb to, to, to get around. You come off too hot, you know, you, you go in too hot, and you're either missing the corner or you're going to slide. So, I mean... I, I think the heat's definitely going to be a crucial factor. Um, not only that, but you got to remember, they don't have cool suits. They have, yes, they have a liquid they can drink, but in a hot car, that liquid's going to be hot. So those drivers aren't even going to, you know, use the drink as much. Um, probably, you know, they're going to hydrate beforehand, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Elliot, you touched on a, on a very crucial point. Qualifying is going to be key. That start is going to be really huge because I think, you know, as you get through that first lap, where you end up coming out is your, you know, if you're going to want to gain, you're going to have to start banking on a undercut overcut. In the pit, you're. I mean, it is kind of like Monaco, where you don't get that much passing. Passing's difficult. Um, I mean, they've talked about using the Monaco downforce thing, so that does give you a good idea where it relates to to Monaco. But I think it's going to be very interesting, and I I, I know that rivalry's hot right now. I, you know, Horner hates Mercedes. Wolf hates Red Bull. I mean, Verstappen and Hamilton are, are having their spars. I, I, it, it's going to be an interesting um, race this weekend, especially if, if it's Mercedes one on the pole, Red Bull at second, or vice versa. I think if they line up one, two, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. You ain't kidding. Yeah. I, I'm putting the DVR for this. Yep. Likewise. Yeah. Turn one unto itself. That first lap is going to be some must see TV right there. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting because there um, you've got the, um, uh, Pirelli, they brought the soft tires, medium tires. Yeah, um, see, two, three, and four. So they're, uh, two is hard, uh, three is medium, and four is going to be soft. Okay. Well, it's worth noting, you know, in, uh, you know, in part because of the heat, you know, in large part because of the heat. Um, during uh, free practice, two. Verstappen, uh, according to um, Michael Laminato, racer.com, um, completely abandoned running soft tires. Um, just wasn't working for them. So um, it seems like you're probably going to see more of um, maybe the medium or even, I dare say, the hards. Um, Lewis Hamilton noted um, in the uh, Chris Medlin uh, authored article that um, they are quote unquote melting the tires out there. So 
um, it sounds like in addition to um, you know track position and things, also being able to manage your tires over the course of a run. Um, and you talked about the undercut and overcut. Um, you know, all that's an academic thing if, um, you know, your tires are so badly shot that you're so far off the pace that you're not going to benefit going either way. Oh, so yeah. this is going to be a really entertaining race this weekend. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think you're going to see Verstappen and um, Hamilton give each other an inch. So that's going to be really entertaining to watch, too. Um, and then, um, you know, just kind of following up on some of these other storylines that we followed this year, um, you know, is, um, you know, is Ferrari going to, you know, try and continue to build on some good runs they've had. They just haven't, you know, been able to um, put it at the top of the podium, um, you know, might Leclerc get lucky um, and, um, you know, pull a, um, be able to pull a win out might Alpine do well. You saw uh, Esteban Ocon uh, finish in fourth place in the second uh, practice here. Um, you know, Gasly in the AlphaTauri, they've done well at times this year. Alonso's right there. Um, you know, Sebastian Vettel uh, and Lance Stroll putting Aston Martin, uh, both Aston Martin entries in the top 10 in uh, the second free practice too. So uh, this could be one of those ones where slow and steady wins the race too. We shall see. Yeah. And, and we'll have to keep an eye on the, the tire issue and, and the race chatter, how quickly the tires go. Um, I mean, it's going to probably be like the same strategy they did in, um, in, in um, Great Britain um, in, in the UK where it was, you know, very rare did people put the soft tires on unless they were trying to get a quick lap. But we'll see how the tires go. Uh, uh, probably the comments probably worry Lance Stroll and Verstappen considering what happened in Baku with the tires. So we, we'll see what happens. So that that's another storyline that's been throughout the year has been the Pirelli tires. So... Yeah, it, I'm looking forward to it. I've got my popcorn ready. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, it's going to be a great race. Definitely DVR it, and we'll see how it goes. It's, Absolutely. It is time for final thoughts, and with it being the racing off week, gentlemen... Let's open it up. You know, I think I got something for this. All right. How about this one? You know, we spent a good time today talking about the free agencies and two major racing organizations. But throw this one out. You know, pick our brains a little. What piece of information surprised you the most? You know what? I'll lead on with this one. The piece that surprised me the most was when I heard that Helio Castroneves was returning full-time, because honestly, I thought that time was behind him. I, I, I have to agree with that. And, and it's, and I, but I, I part surprised because of that, 
but I'm also more than excited for him because, you know, how things went down um, with Penske, how, you know, he was literally throwing out like a, a piece of trash. Um, Penske just, you know, didn't even thank him, didn't even throw a party for him. Um, he was emotional in his final race as a full-time driver. And I'm, you know, and when he did Indy the first time as part-time and crashed, um, and how emotional he got, I think that was really, I, I think him getting his break was really good. He needed it. I'm glad, um, you know, winning it for uh, Meyer Shank kind of, you know, stuck it to Penske almost. Could I say that? Um, I think to stop you. I, I think Rick Mears was more excited than Roger Penske was. Um, if you look at the post race, um, but Penske's an owner, and you've got to run your, you know, you gotta get a victory lane celebration in and everything. So I understand that, but yeah, I I definitely have to agree with that, Elliot. Um, the fact that um, that. Elio Castroneves is coming back full time. I think that, um, you know, that, that's another surprising turn to a story that, quite frankly, I didn't even wasn't really on my radar going into this year. Um, you know, Meyer Shank, they've done well in, in road course racing and things, but um, you know, I I was selling them uh, in the the five hundred, not thinking they would they would do well, and you know, not only did they have a car with good speed, but, you know, they were able to execute on all levels and bring home the win. And now Castro Neves is sitting in that rarefied four win company. And with him coming back full-time next year, we've, we've got as real of an opportunity now to see somebody go, go for an unprecedented fifth IndyCar or excuse me, a fifth Indy 500 win for the first time in probably 30 years, 35 years, going back to, um, you know, the, the closing of AJ Foyt's career. So this is going to be really, really exciting to watch. And I'm really hopeful that um, good things come of this for both teams. Cause I think it'll be a great precedent for IndyCar going forward, especially some of these really well-known drivers that, might be, you know, winding down a, a, a deal with a really good team. That team's looking to move elsewhere, maybe looking to move younger. Um, and, you know, these drivers are trying, you know, trying to stay relevant and say, no, I'm not done yet. Let's let's make a deal. Let's do something. So I think this is a, 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 a boon for IndyCar going forward. Here's hoping. Elliot, I, I have to agree because... Um... I think the last time you may have we may have seen something good um, 
would have been 1991 when Mears won his when Rick Mears won his fourth and I think if it wasn't for the two crashes he had or the crash he had at Indy um or yeah the two crashes um I think the love that he had for all reason probably would have died out so I I think having Castro Nevis there definitely yeah it's going to be good for the sport. And one, um, one final thing, uh, gentlemen, I know we're all classic rock fans and um, sad to hear this week. I know I got to see them in person a few years ago. Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. Um, rest in peace. Um, and I hope you're having a good jam session with um Mr. Neil, Neil Peart up there. Yep. Here, here. Amen. Uh, yep. ZZ Top, you know, big fan and, you know, well-regarded, you know, not only musically, but um, also, you know, big friends of the motorsports community as well. We've seen them play at a lot of racetracks and things over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, very sad to see, but it sounds like they have a, a plan as to who's going to play going forward. So, yeah, sad to see uh, Dusty Hill pass away uh, at the age of 72. So uh, rest in peace. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, musical company. I'm sure that they're having a lot of fun up there. So with that said, next episode, we're getting back into all the racing. We're And hopefully we'll have the good, we'll have results of the Slugfest in, in Hungary. I'm David Mai. Thank you for listening. Continue to support us. We we value our listeners. Celia Tardif saying thank you very much for listening to episode number 24. And we'll catch you on episode number 25. This is Ryan Klopak. We appreciate everyone that listens. Hope to hear from you on social media soon. We'll catch you on the next round. This is From Checker to Green. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green Podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast. Welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudy and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever and wherever you're listening to this, this is From Checkered to Green, the podcast all about racing as told by three lifelong racing fans and, from time to time, talking about the business aspects of racing, the green it takes to take the green. Welcome, everyone, to episode 24. I am Ryan Kolpak, and along with me are my colleagues, Elliot Tardiff and David Maudie. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening, Ryan. Well, hope y'all are doing well. It's been, uh, you know, pretty standard summer here in Western New York, specifically just outside of Buffalo. We pretty much have what you expect, you know, nice, hot, muggy summer days and followed up by the ever-present summer thunderstorms. But, uh, you know, nothing crazy or unexpected. How's it been for the rest of you? Well, 
Go ahead, David. Well, out here in, in central New York, it's been the same thing. You know, summer days, thunderstorms, muggy, rain, grasses growing, you know, growing at a rapid clip here. Feels like every week I have to cut it. Um, but yeah, it's going well. Getting through, you know, summer. Looking forward to you know, the, the turn going to August and um, we kind of know, you know, with the, you know, Olympics, you know, we know racing season's going to soon be winding down in the next few months. So looking forward to some exciting championships. Indeed. Um, first, uh, by the way, uh, Ryan, might I say that, uh, your intro was absolutely splendid. Uh, thank you. Um, so it's uh, gotten quite hot down here in Central North Carolina here in, in recent days. Today in particular, um, we had uh, heat indices over 100 degrees um, across much of the area. Um, some areas down by Fayetteville, I think we're getting closer to 110 even. So um, yeah, was a yeah, so Yikes. not so not so fun, but um, that's to be expected um, in uh, in this part of the world this time of year. And the fact that it really hasn't happened at this point has been more notable than um, than when it actually does. So, but um, my voice will be a little bit quiet tonight, as. Um, working off something that uh, my son gave to me uh, this week, which was uh, a case of RSV. Uh, for those that uh, don't have kids um, uh, and or aren't familiar with it, RSV is, uh, think of something, a, a mix of like a flu and like an upper respiratory thing uh, with a few more push-ups behind it. Um, Eric Almarola, the winner at New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago, um, in NASCAR. Uh, I think I heard that um, some time ago, one of his kids had RSV and it was actually bad enough that they had to go to the hospital for it, um, which now has um, led to, I guess, some, I think some charitable work or something that he's doing with them. Um, but um, I say that to say that it can, you know, it can really, um, you know, affect some kids in a really bad way. So fortunately, we're not in uh, in that situation, but it's still been a unpleasant week with, um, you know, a young child, you know, about 11 months um, that doesn't want to sleep because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's airway is, is full of caca and uh, is, uh, not in a very uh, not in a very pleasant mood, so we're getting out of that phase now, thankfully, and um, now we're just focusing on my wife and I getting healthy now. So, in in this time, you know, with uh, with COVID and um, with the this Delta variant on the on the upswing, it's uh, it adds a little extra degree of anxiety because you know when when you start seeing symptoms like that. Um, then, you know, you get concerned pretty quick. And so, you know, thankfully it wasn't that, but, you know, that it was this, and this is the second time for us, the first time was over Christmas, yay. Then, 
you know, it's, it's still not fun on, on its own. But anyway, I digress. Um, so uh, my words would be a little more sparing, I think, tonight. But otherwise, uh, happy to be here. And uh, hopefully it'll be cooling down here a little bit, be getting healthy again here in, uh, in my house. Yep. And, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, stuff's going around and all that, but um, you know, we, we, we all took off last week. Um, we, we didn't record because there was no racing because of the Olympics. Guys, really quick before we get into, um, you know, our, our rundown of the show tonight and do something different. Have you guys watched any of the Olympics? I have. As have I. Yeah. I have two. The swimming's been pretty good, but... Um, you know, I, I heard somebody talk, and I saw online, I, I saw somebody suggest it, and someone said that they should have auto racing as part of the Olympics. I've thought that for a long time also, and I think um, given some of, the, some of the successes of uh, some of these more unique international series, and I'm thinking in particular about Formula E and SRX. Mm-hmm. I think between the two of them, there can be something pulled out of um, out of either of them or both of them that could germinate into something that could eventually make its way into the into the Olympics. I think if you have BMX racing, you have surfing, you have skateboarding. I think auto racing in some form or fashion is the next logical step for the Olympics. And here's hoping. That's what I'm hoping for as well. It would be neat. Yep. Aren't they going to Brisbane and I think was a 2032 or something like that? How cool would it be to have a race out of Bathurst for the Olympics? That would be pretty neat. It, well, you know, they're, thing. You, you know, they're coming to Los Angeles too. That is also true. I mean, come on. You got some good race courses down, you know, out in California. Yeah, you got Irwindale right there. Yeah. You've got uh, Fontana. You know, they're working on turning that uh, into a short track. Uh, that would does, be fun. Doesn't Irwindale have a figure eight? It does. I, I'd say figure eight racing for the Olympics. <laughs> that would be nuts. That'd be pretty cool. Very nuts indeed. And put yeah. Kyle. Kyle Bush out there representing USA. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, gentlemen, with that said, let's roll into it. We got a little different format tonight. No, in our checkered segment, not many, not much racing to cover. So we decide tonight that we're gonna expand more on the NASCAR free agency. And because there was news that came out right before um, the Olympics started, and that was Penske and Brad Kozlowski. So, Elliot, would you want to start with talking about some NASCAR free agency? Yes, sir. So um, one of the worst kept secrets in the garage in recent weeks uh, finally came to um, an official announcement in recent weeks. Um, or since our, our last recording. And that was the news that Brad Keselowski was going to be leaving Team Penske, uh, where he's been driving since, I believe, 2010. Um, 
when he made his first break into Cup. Um, and moving away from them and moving into a driver ownership role at Roush Fenway Racing. He will be taking over the six car. Um, Ryan Newman will be leaving that ride at the end of the year to destinations yet unknown. Um, and will be involved on the, on the competition side. Um, it was announced when, um, or it was, it was disclosed when they made this announcement that Keselowski is a minority owner right now, but has the option to um, increase his share of ownership of the company, purchase additional um, ownership of the company going forward. So it clearly sounds like there's a secession plan in place for, in particular for Jack Roush. Um, the folks at the, uh, I believe it's the Fenway Sports Group, I think that's their name. Mm -hmm. um, they sound like they're, um, uh, they're here for, for the long haul and they're interested in remaining a part of this team for a long time to come. So now it's a matter of making sure the other side of it is shored up. And with Keselowski coming on board, um, that's, that's been taken care of at this point. Um, so, um, so that was some big news. Um, and, you know, Keselowski has said that he wants to uh, bring in some, some people and, uh, you know, bring in some, some different things. Not on, not, um, uh, in, in some ways akin to what Tony Stewart did when he came into Haas CNC racing in 2008 and uh, that team rebranding itself as Stewart Haas racing in 2009 um, and greatly elevating their performance um, from that point onward. In this case, obviously you have a team that has won races um, and has competed for championships consistently um, across all of the different touring series over the years. Um, so the pedigree is there. Now they just need the next step. They need the future and they have that now. So that was the, the, the big news from that. Um, Keselowski did say that having the conversation with Roger Penske that he was going to be leaving, it was not an easy conversation, but you know, such as life and such as business when, um, you know, you need to make the, the next move and what your idea is um, and, you know, and what Keselowski's idea of the future for him is in particular uh, just didn't sound like something that Penske could, could match or, you know, could uh, come to terms, uh, you know, favorable terms with. So, and additionally, it was also worth noting that um, there was some questions raised about whether or not Keselowski would resurrect his truck team. Uh, he had a, a, um, a truck series team uh, that was very successful for a time, but a few years ago he closed it down um, and in that former shop space uh, came uh, Keselowski Manufacturing, K-A-M. I forget what the A stands for offhand, but um, he does a lot of um, 3D printing uh, and uh, is doing very well in that space. So um, 
so he's he's been busy with that but i think um he indicated that he might be interested in getting back into team ownership in the truck series if the right partnerships came together so we'll see what happens there but that's the the big news there yeah, I mean, it, it definitely big on that. I mean, with, with Brad Kozlowski moving over to, I mean, next year, moving over to Roush, having, I mean, having uh, ownership and, e- you know, having ownership even when he's done. I mean, essentially, this is where Kozlowski will end his racing career is at Roush, driving the number six. Um, I mean, I, I think that that was big. I mean, we, we knew that Sindrick and Harrison Byrne were, were coming up. We knew Sindrick was taking over. I know that, you know, I, it just, you know, I've, I had heard things that Kozlowski wanted to try to get ownership in Penske, which you kind of do have to think um, with, with Roger Penske that, with him owning the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar and the um, Indy Racing Network or the Indian or IMS Radio Network, it's you know there's a lot there. So I could see where you know Brad could have you know if it was right, maybe he would have taken an ownership in there. But it, it did come up in in Roush, so. It'll be interesting to see how he does, how I mean next year with the next gen car, how, how he's gonna do with it, if he can win, um, if he can rack up a couple extra championships. I think the big thing is gonna be what what Ryan Newman is going to do because Bob Pacris um I think it was last week tweeted out that there was also supposedly um that Ryan Priest may be just part time or may be done um, in in Cup Series. So, you know, th- there's going to be openings in there. Um, we know that, um, according to Speedway Media, and Angela Campbell just came out with a, their silly season update. Um, you know, some of the things coming up, we know college racing's going to run. Um, we know it's one car for sure. It may be two or, and a third one would be part-time with AJ Allmendinger. So there may be an opening there for Ryan Newman. Um, we, we, you know, there's talk of there, there's more and more talk, um, that Kurt Bush says that he's actually considering track house or 23 XI racing. So um, if they go, if Kurt Bush goes to 23 XI, there's no opening there. And that would mean Russ Chastain would more than likely take the second car at track house. So that means, you know, there's no opening there. So I'm, you know, Hendricks got all four drivers signed. Um, we we don't know where Dibadeau's going. Um, let's see, Gregson's gonna actually stay with. Uh, um, you know, his, his goal is to stay in Xfinity. We know Haley's coming up, but 
I think the big thing would be for Newman is um, GMS is actually um, going to make their Cup Series debut. Um, and if they do, they're looking, they're probably going to be looking for a driver. And I think, you know, if, if GMS is coming in, I would say that may be a good spot for Ryan Newman. I mean, granted, you know, it's not the best team out there, but you want, you may want a driver like Newman who, who can get you results, you know, who, who can be consistent, who, who can always try to, you know, put it up there in the, t- you know, at least the top 20 day, you know, week in, week out, um, you know, maybe get you in the top 30 points say, you know, if he gets you away and he may put you into, you know, a good position. So, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. I wonder where Newman's going to end up. Uh, Ryan, your your thoughts on the whole off season or the silly season so far? Well, starting off, you know, as you mentioned, Ryan Newman, I've been hearing some speculation that's been gaining traction over the course of this week that uh, potential of Ryan Newman retiring. Now, I don't know where that came from. Honestly, I've yet to find any source to where that originated, but the fact that it's gaining some traction makes me wonder, it's like, okay, there's got to be some reason for some momentum behind that. And as far as uh, Kozlowski goes, I, I see this opening up some new doors for him with his transition into a driver ownership position. Plank, not only do I think he's going to do very well riding for his new team, but with the ownership role, I think it's going to give him some options for a bit more creative control behind things, as well as, you know, maybe some clout behind, you know, negotiation for sponsors or potentially, you know, maybe generating some revenue within the team. But given his years of experience in NASCAR, I think it's going to do very well for him in a leadership position. And I say good luck to him. So what, I mean, guys, what, I mean, really quick, what do you put the over under on wins next year for Keselowski in a Roush car, knowing how Roush has been over the past few years, we have a new neck, you know, we're going to have a new car. So technically, you know, clean slate. You know, it's what what you put the over under for him on wins. I think I'm going to go with one. I think I'm going to go with one win. I think they've got some speed now. And the last time we were in this position was Tony Stewart and Stewart Haas racing. And Mm -hmm. nobody thought that that would turn into what it did. Um, And nor did anybody expect them really to do well out of the box. And they did fairly well. To, to start with so um i think that um the addition of keselowski um and the rejuvenation that i think he's going to bring to that team and the fresh ideas the fresh perspective um and the fresh direction will all benefit themselves and i think they'll get um they'll get a win out of um keselowski's maiden year with that team 
Well, I, I, I have to, I, I have to agree with a wing, but I, I kind of differ. I, I, I have to disagree on one point with you, Elliot, and that's the whole, um, you know, with you know the ownership and that, and Kozlowski going in. I, I don't think we can compare him to what Tony Stewart did because at the time when Tony took, when Tony went into that ownership role with Stuart Haas, um, he was owning multiple race teams that were very quite successful. And at the time, I, I think at the time he also owned Eldora. He still does. So, I, I think the one benefit that, that made Stewart really good in that year from a team aspect is he knew how to be very successful at multiple levels of auto racing, whether it was the World of Outlaws. I mean, remember on that time he had Steve Kinzer. He had signed the, the greatest sprint car driver in the world, um, Steve Kinzer, or the winningest driver, him and Donnie Schatz. I mean, that was a one-two, you know, punch of a team. You know, so I I think the thing with, with Stewart is he has that experience. What does concern me a little with, with Brad Kozlowski is he he did have a successful truck team, but that had folded so many years ago. Um, he's been out of it for a while. So hopefully he, you know, you know, having a, a 3D printing business is probably going to be helpful in managing that. But with him not managing something in racing does make me wonder eventually, you know, how successful that's going to be. But I put it, I, I have to agree, I put it as a, you know, a one for, a, a one win, maybe two. Ryan? I have to agree with the both of you. I see one win on his run with the new team. But, see, I have to lean more towards Elliot's side on this because over the course of his career, I feel that he's shown that he runs very well, not only as a driver, but as a teammate as well. And I think not only, you know, running as another driver, but as a partial owner as well, I see that plus his veteran presence elevating the rest of the team. And I wouldn't be overly surprised to see stronger performance out of the team as a whole with his addition. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see what, what happens, mm -hmm. but we, we all got a new slate next year with the next gen car. I mean, he could, you know, you know, who knows? Stuart Haas could come out and and smoke everyone again like they've they've done in years past. An um, excellent point, sir. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and, you know, and then it's, you know, what happens if, if that happens? You know, what does it, you know, and, and Roush ends up being, you know, middle of the pack like they've been. That's but, a good question. But at the same time, I think that if if Stuart Haas makes a, a big run next year, then I think you're going to see a lot of the other Ford teams come with them mm -hmm. because I feel like there's, um, 
as time has gone on, manufacturer um, communication amongst all of their respective teams um, has really increased. And so I think that if a particular team has hit on something or if um, the manufacturers hit on something, um, then, you know, arise, you know the, the phrase, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? So yeah. I think Roush Fenway and with Keselowski on board will, I think, partake in any sort of resurgence um, from any of the notable Ford teams, be it Stuart Haas or Penske, um, and will benefit from that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that does because they haven't really been, you know, as, as dominant this year. So is it possible that Maybe they're kind of f focusing some more energy on what the new generation car is and kind of getting, working to get their, their ducks in a row sooner than other manufacturers are potentially. And yeah. so maybe we see that next year or maybe they're working on, um, whatever the, the redesign is and making their, uh, you know, their, their, uh, you know, the Ford version of that, uh, you know, trying to get that ahead of, of everyone else. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Kelly Crandall, um, on the morning drive this morning, um, on Sirius XM NASCAR radio kind of echoed that same thought with Harvick. So, um, but, with that said, we'll keep an eye on how the silly season plays out. I'm sure within the next few weeks, we're going to hear more. I know about four weeks from now, we'll probably be getting the schedule from what Bob Pacris is, is saying. So I, I know we'll be talking about that. So many, much more come on this, but we've got to actually get the car back to the garage get it tuned up, go over it, and we're going to take a break. Ryan's going to let us know on where you can listen to this podcast. This is From Checker to Green. The From Checker to Green podcast will be right back. You enjoy what you hear? Join the conversation. Find us on our respective social media locations. Just look for From Checker to Green Podcast. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Tell us. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. We use your feedback to help drive our show and generate new and exciting content. And if you're enjoying this episode, find the rest of our episodes. You can see us on podcasts.com as well as Apple Podcasts. Just look for From Checker to Green Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon. And now back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Our next segment focuses on free agency in another major racing series, IndyCar. And a lot has been going on here in recent weeks. And David has all the information on that. And we're going to talk about that here now. So, David, why don't you lead off and 
Uh, tell us what's going on in Open Wheel. Yeah, a lot, a lot of news coming out of IndyCar o- over the past few weeks. And, and it actually really started a, a few weeks ago when the news broke that Helio Castroneves is coming back full-time to the IndyCar series next year. That win at Indy, winning his fourth Indy 500, definitely opened up a lot of doors, especially with Meyer Shank Racing. And and they locked up a deal for him for next year to be full-time. So he's aiming for uh, the first five-time Indy win, uh, winner, another championship. So that is, that is actually really interesting that that broke, but... With that said, it kind of started the ball rolling on speculation. And Marshall Pruitt decided, uh, on Racer.com put an article out this week about um, about the IndyCar season and everything and the silly season. And I quote this. He says, sweet baby Jesus, the IndyCar suit silly season has gone wild since our first update and so what is it what's coming up is in this article he has started to go through the teams and the first big news that came out was that Roman Grosjean is the biggest name on the market according to Pruitt and what he has heard is that um, a lot of the insiders that he's talked to says that he is going to that he is the lock for the number twenty-eight car, which is Ryan Hunter Ray's car um, entry this year at Andre Autosport. Um, he says he's heard it over 12 times so it, it definitely sounds like that that's something going on there um we, we know Grosjean has had a a test an oval test um Elliot I think you said you thought it was gateway that yeah, he thought, tested yeah I thought it was uh what is it WWT gateway yeah so, I mean, if he's testing an oval track, that would make very good sense that Andre's looking at him. But um, if this, but what Pruitt has also said is he's heard it's going beyond that, that it's going beyond Andre's pursuit. Is that there is that it, there may be a steep asking price. And that would mean that Grosjean could be joining Honda Acura HPD as a factory affiliated driver, just like Dixon, Herda, and Rossi are. So if that's the case, that would be really, really huge. If he's a factory driver, um, he's going to run Andre. He's also going to have a shot at, at IMSA in the road, in the DPIs. Um, but with that said, um, they've um, the speculation has started to come. Well, what does that mean for Ryan Hunter Ray? Well, Ryan Hunter Ray, um, who, who's been in the, the 28 for the longest time, won an Indy 500 in that car, won it, won it for Andre. 
with IMSA prototypes um, opening up, Pruitt says there could be something that he could be, um, you know, a combination of two full in the one, maybe part in the other. Um, that could be full in IMSA, part-time in IndyCar, or vice versa. We don't know. But that's not the only thing that's opening up Andre, according to Pruitt. Um, James Hinchcliffe is probably on his way out, too. He's hearing that that Andre's looking to go for Devlin Francesco, who's the IndyCar lights driver for them. Um there's been talk about that maybe Kyle Kirkwood but Penske's actually interested in Kirkwood um which I'll get to a little bit that maybe that Pruitt mentioned something about maybe Pagano maybe out of Penske but we know Herta and Rossi are going to at least be with Andre 28-29 are going to be opened up we know, and it, it could very well be Grosjean. Um, that's the that was the first thing that came up. Next team, AJ Foyt, and I apologize if I'm going to be rambling, but Pruitt went into everything. Looks like they're going to keep four days, um, but no no confirmation yet. We know how AJ AJ Foyt works. Um, he, you know, he likes to keep things a lot. He, he likes to keep things secret. Um, and, I, you know, you could put Robin Miller on him and Miller probably would maybe get a hint, but we don't know. Um, Arrow McLaren um, looks like they'll keep war. Um, Ward and, and Rosenquist, they may go into a third car, but they're not sure. Uh, Carlin probably will be, will have Chilton in for Road and Streets, and then plus the Indy, and then more other drivers. Ganassi's going to go to four cars. Um, it, you know, he's going to have a four car squad. Um, it looks like they need to work a deal without with Erickson after 2021. But so he could be gone, but you know, they, they could be, you know, um, Pruitt couldn't give a hint on any inquiries from other teams, but they may be working to that. We know Dale Coyne, if Grosjean's leaving, there's going to be an opening that, um, they're say he's thinking Hinchcliffe. If Hinchcliffe's out, Hinchcliffe would be the good fit for that. Um, ECR probably two teams with VK. If they go to three, um, who knows who they're gonna sign? Um, could be Connor Daly if they can get the money. Um, Meyer Shank, we know, will have Castro Nevis. Um, I've heard Jack Harvey could be going to Andre, but the news has come out that they're they're hearing that uh, Takumo Sato may be um, winding down full-time participation, so the number 30 might open up for Harvey at RLL 
Ray Hollerman leg. And um, if that's the case, then we'll see what happens. We got Ferrucci still probably at the 45. We don't know who will be in the 60 next year. Um, it could be something that Kirkwood could go or Ryan Hunter Ray, according to Pruitt, that may be where Hunter Ray might end up. And then, and then, and then finally, Penske. The only big concern is Paginaw. And we don't know where he could be ending up. Uh, his contract's up. We'll see what happens if we go into him. So this could be a Castroneves type situation there. So a lot of things have, are, are going on, according to Pruitt. Um, I feel like the micro machine guy talking really fast about that. Did you guys catch all that? <laughs> yeah, most of it. So quick thoughts. What I mean, let, let, let's start it. Grosjean, let's hit the big ones. Grosjean, Pagina, and Hunter Ray, and, and Hinchcliffe. Where do you think you, those guys are going to all end up? Well, I think it's first impressive to note, um, you know, just how big of an impression that Romain Grosjean has made in IndyCar racing in his first year here. And, um, you know, essentially, um, you know, coming over as, as um, you know, discarded goods from Formula One. And not only doing that, but also making um, a Rick Ware affiliated team um, competitive and actually have positive press on that basis. Um, I think, you know, if anyone had, had pegged that going into the start of this year, I think we would have, you know, called them crazy. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. I think it's really impressive that um, that's been able to, to come to be. We've seen him, you know, show some speed at times this year um, or show speed most of the year um, and has recently started to translate that into good finishes too. So that's, that's good news for him. It would be really cool if he um, moved into, as you were, you were talking about, David, you know, is, uh, you know, he moved in to the Andretti team and, you know, turn, turn this into something, you know, on a, on a more consistent basis, um, you know, a more full-time basis and, you know, makes a run at the championship and um, also, you know, turns this into an IMSA thing with Acura. Um, that'd be pretty cool. You know, returning back to, um, to his home country of France um, and Le Mans with um, an IMSA team, you know, the DPI team, that would be pretty neat. So that, that would be um, an interesting thing to see. It sounds like they're not really giving um, Dale Coyne racing a whole lot of credence in terms of being able to keep Grosjean around. Um, and if that comes to be, then so be it. But I think a, a really special thing has happened here for both entities for Grosjean and also for Dale Coyne with Rick Ware Racing. Um, and um, good things will, will come to both of those, uh, to both parties in particular. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, Dale Coyne uh, in particular, if they're really smart about it, being able to take these cars that have good speed and be able to put um, solid drivers in. And, you know, as, as Pruitt pointed out in this article, 
um, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, winning talent that is, you know, up for, up for grabs really. So unless they take a chance on somebody, either on an up and comer or on somebody um, that has moved on from another team, like, a, you know, we, we were talking about Takuma Sato before. Um, I don't think that he's, he's seen his last day in IndyCar. I would be extraordinarily surprised if that were the case. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a, a really streaky driver in that, you know, he'll have some really, really strong runs. Um, and, you know, his, uh, his record at Indy is, you know, speaks to itself. Um, but at other times, you know, he's gotten himself in trouble and, you know, has taken himself out of races that, um, you know, he could otherwise have done really well in. So, but with that said, I think somebody like that going to a Dale coin um, could potentially be very beneficial. Now, in terms of Hunter Ray, same thing. Um, I think there's teams out there that if he moves on from Andretti, he could make a home with and uh, be able to continue in IndyCar for, uh, for another year. Um, now, would, you know, would that be with, um, you know, Coin? Would that be with an A.J. Foyt? Or would that even be with a, a Team Penske if, um, if Pagano leaves? So, um, so that's another thought, too. But I don't think um, Hunter Ray is all done. Um, and then Pagano, you know, he's, he's got a fairly good thing going at, um, at Penske. Yeah, there's a lot of young talent there. Um, you know, Joseph Newgarden is doing some impressive things over there. Um, you know, Will Power is still, um, still putting strong runs together. So, um, so there's, there's good things to be had there too. Question is whether or not he'll want to leave. So those are my thoughts for those three. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, after the research that I've done, I personally think that Andretti is the most favorable position for Grosjean to end up. And I think that they have it within their capabilities to make him the most attractive offer of the teams at the moment. But if they hold true, even though he's rumored to have a fairly steep asking price, which I'm have pretty sure that Andretti can cover it, I, I wouldn't be overly shocked to see him land there. I think he would do very well under that team. As for Hunter Ray, honestly, the field's really wide open for him. And with his performance record, there's teams out there that I think would be a touch on the foolish side if they didn't go, hey, join our team. We will offer you this monies because you're a quality driver and we'd like you be, to be on our team. So I'm not entirely ready to speculate which one would be most likely to snag him but I have no doubt that the interest would definitely be there to keep him in IndyCar for another year. And it might be a more of the uh, unfavorable opinion side, but uh, as far as our last favorite driver that we want to talk about, I don't see him leaving uh, his current team. I really don't, because I think that they would absolutely want to keep him right where he is because he's doing very good things for them and honestly i think pagano is very happy where he is so i wouldn't be overly surprised to see him stick around but of course that is one fellow's humble opinion 
so this is what I, I get the sense out of. I, I think Grosjean is going to injure no matter what. And I, I think that's the end of, of Hunter Ray at Andretti. Um, but, or actually, I don't think it's the end of Hunter Ray at Andretti. Let me rephrase that. I think Andretti, it, it would be foolish for Andretti to get rid of Hunter Ray. I think, you know, Hunt, I, I, I know Hunter Ray hasn't had the best season. He, he's been, you know, getting caught in probably the worst situations out there. Um, you know, a couple of the road courses this year, he's just, you know, it's just been, you know, accident happened. He's, he gets caught in it. Um, I think with, um, I think what you could see happen is I think you see Andretti move Hunter Ray to, um, move Hunter Ray towards that. 29 I, I I just don't I it doesn't work out well for Andretti to bring up um indie lights drivers I I don't know what it is but every successful indie lights driver has has gone to be successful in, in with another team um, Renis VK was with Andretti and ended up going to ECR. I just don't, I, you know, for example, I just don't know, it, it, you know, that there's always that talk about and it never comes to fruition. So I just, I don't think that. I think it's Grosjean, Harray goes to the 29. I think Pagano, I'm going to go out on the limb. I think Pagenaud is done with Penske. Um, I, I the the treatment that Helio Castroneves got, I think when when that happened with Penske, I think resonated throughout the entire IndyCar. A lot of drivers were upset and mad about how that came about in how that was treated. So I don't, I, you know, I see Pagano if, if he gets offered what Castroneves did, I see Pagano walking. I can see Pagano ending up maybe as Castroneves' teammate. I think that would be really great for Meyershank Racing. You have, you would have, um, two Indy 500 winners who've got really good talent um, help that team. I think Jack Harvey ends up somewhere else. I'm not sure where. That may be an ECR ride. I don't know. Um, And Hinchcliffe, I think if he gets booted out from another team, um, we know James Hinchcliffe is good in the booth. And with the NBC deal that, that they just signed, IndyCar, I think James Henchcliffe goes into the, the TV booth. And that's my thoughts on it. Interesting to hear him calling the races, though I have no doubt he'd be quite good at it. Uh, I, I think he'd be better than um, I, 
you know, I, I don't mind Paul Tracy, but the way Townsend Bell has his commitments, I think it would be better to have Hinchcliffe than Bell. No argument here. Because Bell, Bell does his racing. Plus, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see two Canadians um, go at it on air on, <clears throat> against Lee Diffie. That would, uh, that would, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and Hinchcliffe has the, the speed. He has the panache vocally, I think, to be able to um, to manage an IndyCar race. He did a terrific job with the SRX. I yeah. think he would... Uh, yes, oh, he, he did. He, he, yes, he, was, he did. He was better than Danica. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um, and I think he would be in his element in uh, 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 an IndyCar booth um, calling the, the IndyCar race. I think it would be a, that would be a terrific thing. Um, now, whether or not his driving career is all done, uh, we shall see. Quite good, sir. Yeah. So, with that said, we've actually got some racing coming up. Yay! Mm-hmm. So, we're going to take a break. We're going to, Ryan's going to tell us uh, about our sponsor. And when we come back, dun 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 dun, the Formula One rivalry continues. Mm-hmm. Excellent. This is from Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you looking to enhance the identity of your business? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the knowledge and resources to make your business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. From logo design to business cards to new letterheads, as well as advertising options such as postcards, flyers, brochures, banners, Samurai Graphics has what you need to get your name out to your potential customers. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at samuraigraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Looking ahead, this is the green flag segment of our podcast. And this this weekend, um, there's only one major series that um, that's running that, um, but we need all the time that we can for it because um, there, this was, uh, uh, and the, the one we're speaking of, this Formula One, uh, the, hung, the Hungarian Grand Prix is this coming weekend. Um, and already, uh, the headlines are coming out fast and furious about uh, the rivalry between Red Bull and Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. Um, there's a, uh, an article out here um, written yesterday uh, by Chris Medlin at racer.com um, talking about uh, Mercedes accusing Red Bull of trying to uh, tarnish Lewis Ham- Hamilton's name and integrity um, by uh, uh, trying to get a further review of the penalty that he got from the British Grand Prix. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff going fast, going back and forth, fast and furious. And in the meantime, um, they're running practices as we speak. Um, and um, 
so we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, folks, get your popcorn out because um, what we talked about in um, the, I believe it was the last episode, and as as uh, as next level as we thought this rivalry was going to be, there's already early indications that um, it's that's already taking form. Most most certainly, indeed. I mean, oh my gosh! I, I all, all I can think of is if you if you've seen the movie Rush, um, and or actually seen any documentary about the nineteen seventy six season and um, McLaren and Ferrari Hunt and Lada. I mean, this is just history repeating itself with two different, you know, different drivers, different teams, and the all-out juggernaut. But let's talk about the racetrack first before we get into more of what's going on. And going to give you a preview of this. According to the F Formula One site, they're at the Hunger Roaring. Did I say that right, gentlemen? I think you did. Because I'm not familiar enough with the language to really correct you. So if I'm incorrectly agreeing with him, please don't light me up on social media. Yeah, same here. I, I, I just won't pronounce the name of the race. Forget that. <laughs> but they're in Budapest, a track built in 1985. Little history here. First race was 1986. Nelson Piquet won it. Um, what the circuit's like, according to Formula One's website, and I quote, the lack of straights at the hungering ring often sees it compared to a karting circuit, and it's true. The resemblance uh, is uncanny with several series of corners to string together Teams opt for Monaco levels of downforce with a well short or well sorted chassis trending to be rewarded over horsepower, given the short straights on offer. It's like a challenge, many drivers relish. However, with the finding a good rhythm, key is the key setting fast times. And I watched the virtual lap. It's a very, it's a very quick short straightaway. Um, you get DRS there, a quick sharp turn, DRS into one and two. There's some fast corners. There's a lot of fast corners in this. There's going to be a lot of speed. Couple chicanes um, coming around six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. A very windy corner you know a tight turn it going into 12 around in 13 and coming back so looking at this gentlemen it does look like a go-karting track to me um i i have to agree with that one drs zone i think it's going to be very interesting this weekend uh gentlemen a a elliot I know you mentioned about some time, so let's dive into it a little bit more and let's talk about this rivalry and some of the times going on. Yep. Uh, well, it's first uh, noteworthy to talk about this being, uh, you know, having the characteristics of kind of a karting track. Um, and, 
you know, especially a lot of the um, the windy technical parts of this track, especially from turn four through turn eleven. Um, you know, when when we hear technical, we hear windy. Don't really hear a lot of passing. Um, hear a lot of passing opportunities. Those are going to be very few and far between. Um, and so qualifying position is going to be absolutely critical in this race. Um, and in order to have a good um, qualifying position for this race, you need to be able to have a, um, uh, you need to have a good car in hand. And uh, thus far, it looks like um, Mercedes riding the momentum coming out of the British Grand Prix um, they're bringing the noise, um, and in particular, uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Lewis Hamilton's teammate, um, topping the second free practice um, at uh, uh, at Hungary, uh, just over uh, his uh, his teammate Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, um, being in third place, about three tenths off the pace. Um, they noted, according to uh, um, the summary on uh, racer.com by Michael Laminato uh, that uh, track temperature has been a, an issue today. Uh, it's very hot over there. Uh, track temperature is very high uh, and that's caused a lot of uh, issues with uh, car handling um, either going from uh, understeer or oversteer, um, you know, uh, depending on which team you're talking to. So it's caused quite a few issues. And so it'll be interesting to see how all that translates into qualifying. But thus far, we talked about this uh, coming out of, uh, coming into and out of Silverstone. Um, everything's back to zero now. And it looks like Mercedes is still holding on to the momentum that they built out of Silverstone. And um, thus far, um, you know, it looks like they're, they're showing they're still the team to beat. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, the one thing they're going to have to definitely keep an eye on is the weather over the weekend because from what I've been reading is that their heat that they're experiencing practice is not going to let up through the weekend. And as Bonus so eloquently put it, honestly, it feels like being in a Finnish sauna driving this track. And that right there really is all the tale that need be told when it comes to, hmm, I wonder how driving is going to be there this weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. And if they're not careful, there's going to be a lot of track sliding. Yeah, they, they got to be careful, especially some of those corners where you got to use the, the curb to get around. I mean, a couple of those turns, I was watching the virtual lap and you got you use the curb to, to, to get around, you come off too hot, you know, you, you go in too hot and you're either missing the corner or you're going to slide. So, I mean, I, I, I think the heat's definitely going to be a crucial factor. Um, not only that, but you got to remember they don't have cool suits. They have, yes, they have a liquid they can drink, but in a hot car, that liquid's going to be hot. So those drivers aren't even going to, you know, use the drink as much. Um, probably, you know, they're going to hydrate beforehand. But 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Elliot, you touched on a, on a very crucial point. Qualifying is going to be key. That start is going to be really huge because I think, you know, as you get through that first lap, where you end up coming out is your, you know, if you're going to want to gain, you're going to have to start banking on a undercut overcut mm-hmm. in the pits. You're, I mean, it is kind of like Monaco where you don't get that much passing. Passing's difficult. Um, I mean, they've talked about using the Monaco downforce thing, so that does give you a good idea where it relates to to Monaco. But I think it's going to be very interesting, and I I, I know that rivalry's hot right now. I you know Horner hates Mercedes, Wolf hates Red Bull. I mean, Verstappen and Hamilton are are having their spars. I, I, it, it's going to be an interesting um, race this weekend, especially if, if it's Mercedes one on the pole, Red Bull at second, or vice versa. I think if they line up one two, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. You ain't kidding. Yeah. I, I'm putting the DVR for this. Yep. Likewise. Yeah, turn one unto itself. That first lap is going to be some must-see TV right there. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting because there um, you've got the um, uh, Pirelli. They brought the soft tires, medium tires. Yeah. Um, see two, three, and four. So they're uh, two is hard. Uh, three is medium and four is going to be soft. Okay. Well, it's worth noting, you know, and, uh, you know, in part because of the heat, you know, in large part because of the heat. Um, during uh, free practice two, Verstappen, uh, according to um, Michael Laminato, racer.com, um, completely abandoned running soft tires um, just wasn't working for them. So um, it seems like you're probably going to see more of um, maybe the medium or even I dare say the hards. Um, Lewis Hamilton noted um, in the uh, Chris Medlin uh, authored article that um, they are quote unquote melting the tires out there. So um, it sounds like in addition to um, you know, track position and things. Also, being able to manage your tires over the course of a run. Um, and you talked about the undercut and overcut. Um, you know, all that's an academic thing if, um, you know, your tires are so badly shot that you're so far off the pace that you're not going to benefit going either way. Oh, so, yeah. this is going to be a really entertaining race this weekend. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think you're going to see Verstappen and um, Hamilton give each other an inch. So that's going to be really entertaining to watch, too. Um, and then, um, you know, just kind of following up on some of these other storylines that we followed this year, um, you know, is, um, you know, is Ferrari going to you know, try and continue to build on 
some good runs they've had. They just haven't, you know, been able to um, put it at the top of the podium. Um, you know, might Leclerc get lucky um, and, um, you know, pull a, um, be able to pull a win out. Might Alpine do well? You saw uh, Esteban Ocon uh, finish in fourth place in the second uh, practice here. Um, you know, Gasly in the AlphaTauri, they've done well at times this year. Alonso's right there. Um, you know, Sebastian Vettel uh, and Lance Stroll putting Aston Martin, uh, both Aston Martin entries in the top 10 in uh, the second free practice too. So uh, this could be one of those ones where slow and steady wins the race too. We shall see. Yeah, and, and we'll have to keep an eye on the, the tire issue and, and the race chatter, how quickly the tires go. Um, I mean, it's going to probably be like the same strategy they did in um, in, in um, Great Britain um, in, in the UK, where it was, you know, very rare did people put the soft tires on unless they were trying to get a quick lap. But we'll see how the tires go. Um, uh, probably the comments probably worry Lance Stroll and for Stappen considering what happened in Baku with the tires. So we we'll see what happens. So that that's another storyline that's been throughout the year has been the Pirelli tires. So yeah, it, I'm looking forward to it. I've got my popcorn ready. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So. With that said, it's going to be a great race. Definitely DVR it, and we'll see how it goes. It's, Absolutely. It is time for final thoughts, and with it being the racing off week, gentlemen, let's open it up. You know, I think I got something for this. All right. How about this one? You know, we spent a good time today talking about the free agencies and two major racing organizations, but throw this one out, you know, pick our brains a little. What piece of information surprised you the most? You know what? I'll lead on with this one. The piece that surprised me the most was when I heard that Helio Castroneves was returning full time because honestly... I thought that time was behind him. I, I I have to agree with that. And, and it's, and I, but I, I part surprised because of that, but I'm also more than excited for him because, you know, how things went down um, with Penske how, you know, he was literally throwing out like a, a piece of trash. Um, Penske just, you know, didn't even thank him, didn't even throw a party for him. Um, he was emotional in his final race as a full-time driver. And I'm... You know, and when he did Indy the first time as part-time and crashed um, and how emotional he got, I think that was really, I, I think 
him getting his break was really good. He needed it. I'm glad, um, you know, winning it for uh, Meyer Shank kind of, you know, stuck it to Penske almost. Could I say that? Um, I well, think. to stop you. I, I think Rick Mears was more excited than Roger Penske was. Um, if you look at the post race, um, but Penske's owner, and you've got to run your, you know, you got to get a victory lane celebration in and everything. So I understand that. But yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with that. Elliot? Um, the fact that, um, that Elio Castro Neves is coming back full time, I think that, um, you know, that's another surprising turn to a story that, quite frankly, I didn't even, wasn't really on my radar going into this year. Um, you know, Meyer Shank, they've done well in, in road course racing and things, but, um, you know, I, I was selling them uh, in the, the 500, not thinking they would they would do well. And, you know, not only did they have a car with good speed, but, you know, they were able to execute on all levels and bring home the win. And now Castro Neves is sitting in that rarefied four-win company. And with him coming back full-time next year, we've, we've got as real of an opportunity now to see somebody go, f- go for an unprecedented fifth IndyCar, or sc- excuse me, a fifth Indy 500 win for the first time in probably 30 years. 35 years going back to, um, you know, the, the closing of AJ Foyt's career. So this is going to be really, really exciting to watch. And I'm really hopeful that, um, good things come of this for both teams. Cause I think it'll be a great precedent for IndyCar going forward, especially some of these really well-known drivers that might be, you know, winding down a, a, a deal with a really good team that team's looking to move elsewhere maybe looking to move younger um and you know these drivers are trying you know trying to stay relevant and say no i'm not done yet let's let's make a deal let's do something so i think this is a a, a, a boon for indycar going forward here's hoping elliot i i have to agree because um I think the last time you may have we may have seen something good um, would have been 1991 when Mears won his when Rick Mears won his fourth, and I think if it wasn't for the two crashes he had or the crash he had at Indy, um, or yeah, the two crashes, um, I think the love that he had for all reason probably would have died out. So I, I think having Castro Nevis there definitely, yeah, it's going to be good for the sport. And one, um, one final thing, uh, gentlemen, I know we're all classic rock fans and um, sad to hear this week. I know I got to see them in person a few years ago, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. Um, rest in peace. Um, and I hope you're having a good jam session with, um, Mr. Neil, Neil Peart up there. 
Gear here. Amen. Uh, yep, ZZ Top, you know, big fan and, you know, well-regarded, you know, not only musically, but uh, also, you know, big friends of the motorsports community as well. We've seen them play at a lot of racetracks and things over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, very sad to see, but it sounds like they have a, a plan as to who's going to play going forward. So, yeah, sad to see uh, Dusty Hill pass away uh, at the age of 72. So, uh, rest in peace. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, musical company i'm sure that they're having a lot of fun up there so with that said next episode we're getting back into all the racing we're and hopefully we'll have the good we'll, we'll have results of the slugfest in in hungary i'm david my thank you for listening continue to support us we we value our listeners Celia Tardif saying thank you very much for listening to episode number 24 and we'll catch you on episode number 25. And this is Ryan Klopak. We appreciate everyone that listens. Hope to hear from you on social media soon. We'll catch you on the next round. This is From Checker to Green. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green Podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green Podcast.